start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's up, everybody? Episode 142 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. And last week, sorry, I, I always do this. I get ahead of myself. Nick and Tom are here. I am. Yep. Big time. Big time. We're happy to have them both. You guys are happy to have all three of us. And last week, we talked about tactics for our early season hunts, what we plan on doing to get the job done, some different things. Tom's talking about some different tactics he's going to jump into. Try some new stuff. That's Nick's wheelhouse part of the season. He loves early season, so... it's when I get it done. Yeah, you always do. And now we're moving on to the middle of the season. So from, you know, we'll call it like maybe the 15th-ish. 20th-ish. Yeah, somewhere in there. To like Halloween. Yeah. You're like I feel like that's like pre-rut a, and late pre-rut. It's like a pivotal point in the season is Halloween, I think. Yes, it definitely is. And that has always been my favorite time from like the 20th to the 31st. I love that time stretch. Just something about it. I That's when I tend to get the job done, so that's why I like it so much. But I'm sure, yeah, because if you, you know, looking at prior seasons and everything, you know that, you know, I typically kill in this, you know, two-week mm-hmm. period or whatever, so it's easy to get pumped yeah. for it, you know. I was talking to you guys before we hit record, though. I think I'm going to have to get the job done early season because I'm starting to get this buck I got figured out. He's he's the target guy. I think he's going to be number one hit list. I'm going to hold off for him. I'm starting to get him figured out. And based on last year, I think early season is going to have to be the time I take him. Uh, lucky for you, I'll be running a clinic here in about two weeks. Um, and I will be going over everything you need to know about killing bucks on the first day. Perfect. So hopefully... I Go ahead and notes. get signed up because seats are filling fast. I believe it. Um, and I'll I'll make I can I actually stamp a guarantee that uh, you'll kill on opening day. How about that? It's a tall order, but we'll see what happens. So, what do you guys plan on doing for that middle part of the season? I know a lot of people. That's like when they say like the October lull is is like that middle to. See, the, I don't really know much about. Like the October lull, to be honest. I, I, I've never observed it. I just know that's when people say it is. Is like the Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, for me, that second half of October is when I really start uh, trying to find like what, you know, like hot sign. Mainly at that point, uh, scrapes is what I like. Um, scrapes, and then I will start looking a little bit more at food sources mm-hmm. just because of the does. Um, but nothing gets me fired up more than finding a scrape that's, you know, fresh. Either I can smell it or, um, seeing like dirt kicked up on top of leaves, Mm -hmm. which tells me that, you know, it couldn't have been long. Um, that's the big, um, what I'm looking for in the woods at that time. Mm -hmm. What about you, T? What are you, what are you scoping out? You still staying on food? Where are you going? I, I tend to stay on food. Um, 
close to food, close to bedding, particularly. Um, one of my favorite things about that, what they call October lull, is I've noticed that's when we start getting a lot of new bucks on camera. Yeah. Because it's not really the rut yet, but bucks, they have spots where they travel to for the rut. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, mid-October to the end of October, a lot of the times bucks will come in. They're not going to stay there, but they're just going to scout out their rut area. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe put a few territorial scrapes, let everybody know, hey, this is my spot. You yeah. might catch them on camera one, two days, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. But they'll like, be back. It's like reserving a table at a fine restaurant in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed last year I got three different bucks on camera during that October lull, late October. Mm-hmm. Um, all three shooters and all three on in during daylight. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a really good encounter with one, but my neighbor totally hosed me. <laughs> I remember that day. Yeah, I was not happy. That was October. It was before. It it was before the twentieth because I killed last year on the twentieth, so it had to be about a week or so before that. Mm -hmm. So probably around around the the fifteenth. Yeah, so it's a good time to be in the woods. Um, Like I said, a lot of new bucks usually start showing up on camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's gonna be wild. So Frank, you're. In the, in the, out of us three, this is, you know, you're the master. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, say expert, but master is also pretty good. Yeah. Masa, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what are you, what are you doing? What are you targeting in that time period? And just kind of run us through what your approach is. Well, I, the early season, I'm all about food. I stay on food almost the whole time, the first couple of weeks. And then after that, I basically completely abandon food. I do not hunt. The up in New York, I do, but like the places that I hunt here in PA, I do not sit on any ag fields. Not, I don't have any food plots around here. Um, See, I think food plots are totally different than ag fields because yeah. a lot of the food plots we have are way back. Yeah, in the they're woods. secluded. Yeah. yeah, and I think deer feel comfortable any time of the day mm-hmm. coming out to those. Because I mean, I we're new into the cell cam game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some cell cams out now on food plots and my phone will go off at one in the morning, eight in the morning, 10 in the morning, one in the afternoon, mm-hmm. three in the afternoon, just all day Non-stop, long. Yeah. Yeah. They're just coming out, passing yep. through and yep. grab a quick bite. But yeah, I, with that being said, you know, I pretty much abandoned the ag fields and, I spend a lot of time near swamps. I like swamp edges. Uh, I don't hunt in the swamp usually. I have a couple times, but for the most part, I hunt edges of swamps and pinch points, bottlenecks, stuff. And the one particular spot, there is a very good travel corridor through like a bunch of hemlocks that goes from a swamp and it makes like a big L over probably half a mile. Um, to a it's either a cornfield or a bean field depending on the crop rotation and in that travel corridor i've always had so much luck it's not a pinch point per se other than the hemlocks kind of make a pinch point with the way the tree line is shaped it's not a tree line but in the woods are they using 
uh, like the hemlocks is like cover to move through there quickly, but also yeah, you know, kind of protected. Yeah, because there's it's like all maples, cherries, other hardwoods on either side of so these open. hemlocks. Yeah, it's wide open, and then you have the hemlocks that stretch right up through the middle, and I'll hunt right on the edges of that, and I've had a lot of luck there. Um, I'll go way back into another piece that I have, and um, there we have a there's an apple orchard back in there, and I'll hunt near that. I don't usually hunt in the apples, but I'll hunt the corridors and pinch points going to there. And like you said, I'm all about scrapes that time of year. I, I feel like that time, for me anyway, from what I've seen, is when scrapes are most active. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when they're to me, at least in my experience, is when you start to seeing a lot of them opening up and getting checked frequently. Well, and like Tom said, you have those new bucks showing up saying, hey, I'm here, and then the other bucks that are in the area are going to go check that, and if that buck, the new buck's there for a couple of days, he's going to come back to see who else has been there. So I think they do get wicked hot in that you know, 15, 20 days. Yeah. Well, actually, um, Tom, you could, this is probably a good time to tell your story too, um, the buck he killed last year, you know, right in this time period came right off a scrape. And that was the, in, the whole plan Tom and I used. Yeah. Cause was, you saw it. Yeah. But yeah, I saw the buck, but I'll let Tom, you know, tell, you know, just cliff notes on a time exactly how that worked. So Nick had shot a doe a couple days before, and he was going to dispose of the carcass, uh, back behind the house, throw it in the woods and he's going back there to dump the rib cage and she's this nice buck standing in the corner of the field and that's pretty cool it was like two o'clock in the afternoon three o'clock yeah, in midday. the afternoon mm-hmm. so that nick, was on a sunday yeah and nick took a photo of him uh comes back to the house and he's like hey i just seen a pretty nice buck out back so that's pretty cool so a couple days go by and it's kind of that time of year where, you know, it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier. It's still before the time change, but to like 630 mm-hmm. is it's getting dark. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, I work until five o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a whole lot of time. So I decided, you know, I text Nick. I said, hey, are you hunting tonight? He's like, yeah, I'm going out to the farm. I'm like, all right, I don't really not going to have time. Uh, I'm just going to shoot out back real quick, see if that buck comes back out to the field. And Nick's like, you know what? I, I might. You didn't know at this point that he was tent- checking a scrape? or No. No, there, there's a tree back there that typically opens up every mm-hmm. year. So, I mean, we have that prior knowledge, but we hadn't yeah. confirmed this year at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nick decides, you know what? I'm going to hunt behind the house too. And he's like, I'll, I'll wait for you, uh, and we'll just walk out together. I'm like, all right. So I get home from work at 5 o'clock, and I go up to the barn, start getting my stuff on. And Nick's like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring my bow. He said, I'm just going to sit with you, and I'm going to film. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, me and Nick, we hunt together, but Separately. Not, yeah, but not together. Yeah, we put a game plan together, but never the same tree in mm-hmm. bow season. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, yeah. So I've never had someone film for me. I said, let's go try it out. So we walk back to the field, and Nick's like, all right, this is right where the buck was standing. And we're looking around, and there's just not a good tree to get up. And I had my climber. Nick had his lone wolf mobile setup. And 
So I look down and I'm like, let's go take a look at that pin oak because that's where the scrape opens up mm-hmm. all the time. I said, if that scrape's open, I bet you that buck is checking it. Mm-hmm. So we walk over there and sure enough, that scrape's open and it's fresh. So me and Nick decide, all right, this is what we're planning our hunt on is this scrape. The, yeah. But the way that uh, the field edge works, there's unless you're on the ground in a blind or something, there's no possible way to shoot the scrape mm-hmm. um, just with how thick it is. Yeah. yeah. So we find a tree right on the edge of the woods, but probably, what, 20 yards west of the scrape? Yeah, I was going to say somewhere 25-ish, yeah. So we figure either we're going to catch him coming to the scrape, shoot him before he gets there, or hopefully if he comes from the other way, he hits the scrape and then leaves and comes past us. So it's probably like 5.15 now by the time we're back there. We get up in the the stand. You know, it's now almost 5.30, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I— cannot shoot at like all nowhere it's so thick it just it got logged a few years ago mm-hmm. so it is just littered with undergrowth mm-hmm. yeah it's nasty and really good cover so nick's like well i, I got a pocket saw i'm like well break that well, puppy out gonna it's, need it. it's like one of those it's a hooey man the one with like yeah. the five foot mm-hmm. pole on it but go yeah so nick hands me the saw and i cut out one lane out to the field and I have like a basketball basketball size window to shoot an arrow through. I'm like that buck has to walk down that mode trail in the field at like 25 yards, or else he's not going to he be gets my a window. Free pass. Yeah. So I get all done with that, and it's hot. I'm sweating. I just made a bunch of noise. Two people climbing up a tree. Now we cut a shooting lane, and I'm kind of sitting there like. This is dumb. <laughs> hey, what are we doing? Like, this, this is not it. So I sit there for, I don't know, another 15, 20 minutes, and I start to, like, settle in. Mm-hmm. I think me and Nick did an interview on oh, camera. Yeah, big time. Gave him the rundown of what was happening. And it it starts to feel like, okay, actually, we might be in it. It got a little bit cooler. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is feeling good. And I'm just sitting there waiting, waiting. And I didn't look, see anything. We no. had, at this point had not seen any any deer. Well, Jesus Christ, you're in the stand for 15 minutes. I'm an impatient guy. <laughs> yeah, I want the action now. Can't believe you sat there that long without quitting. Now I we probably sat there for what half hour. Yeah, after everything got trimmed out and everything, probably a half hour of just absolute no action. About ready to climb down, <laughs> and I look over towards that scrape and I see. A leg. That's all I could see. I could see it paw on the ground. I'm like, that's him. So I reach around the tree. Cause it, it was a, a large tree. Like you, Tom and I were on like 180 degrees from each other. Mm-hmm. Could not see each other without like both of us leaning around at the same yeah. time. I didn't even say anything to Nick. He just knew that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, yeah. It's, it's, it's go time. So I stand up and I, I'm telling you, I, it was so thick I could do jumping jacks in my tree stand, mm-hmm. and this deer was not going to see us. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting down. I see the buck. I stand up, grab my bow, you know, get ready. Yeah, he's twenty five yards away at this time. At this point, and there's no way he's seeing us where we're mm-hmm. at. Yeah. So I'm just watching him, 
and I can't really tell how big he is. I can just I'm catching glimpses of rack through the little openings I have looking through the limbs, and I'm like he's he's got a cage, and I I know he's legal. Uh, can't really tell what he is, and in my head it feels like he's there for like 20 minutes, and I think the video is what like four minutes long. Yeah. So two yeah. two minutes tops. <laughs> yeah. So he starts reading the script. He breaks free from the scrape and starts walking right down towards us. And he gets in this one section where I get a quick glimpse at his side and I see four up. So I know he's got five on one side. Mm -hmm. I'm like, at that time, I'm like, okay, he's he's done. So soon after that, I draw back and he takes a few more steps, comes perfect 25 yards right into my basketball opening stop him, touch off the release, smoked him. Actually, we watched him fall down. That's but, a good uh, feeling. Yeah. And I was so amped, I totally forgot that I was on camera. Mm-hmm. So Which is I, probably good. Yeah. I've been known to... Beef get, it. Yeah. yeah you said it, not me. <laughs> I said it. But yeah, I <laughs> look over to high-five Nick, and then it's like a whole new excitement. Like, oh, shit, you got that on film. Like, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you can like see it in the video. He's like, Oh, like it's oh you got it. I was like, Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's cool. I just wanna say Nick said he said, Just give us the cliff notes and you went full story and I, I love it, it though. Was all, I was all yeah. about it. That's what we're here I was for. there for it. And then it was actually it was a Wednesday night. You're gonna have to back up to the beginning. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> it was a Wednesday night because we had the podcast after the hunt and we normally podcast on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So my brain starts turning. I'm like, okay, we're going to pull a little prank on Frank here. Yeah. So I call him and I'm like, hey, we're going to be late to the podcast. He's like, why? I'm like, I just shot a doe. And Nick and Frank both know I don't shoot doe. And he's like, no. I told him not to say doe. I was like, he's (laughs) never going to believe this. (laughs) And he's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, Nick was filming for me. So I figured let's get something on camera. And Frank's like, oh. You you charged the story up just enough so that I was just on board. Yeah. So we get down and we end up getting to the podcast late. I don't know, probably Mm -hmm. eight o'clock. Did we, we just drug it to the barn, right? Yeah, you didn't do anything with it. Yeah, we went and found it, and then we drug it well to a one of the tractor yeah. trails. And yeah. Dad went back with his truck and picked it up. But uh, we get to the podcast, and Frank's like, "Let's see a picture of this." No, doe. you showed it to my dad first. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, that's a nice buck." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but you can't have fun with your buddies when you shoot something. What's the point? Yeah. What are you even doing? But yeah, so that was. I mean, long story short. Short story oh, long. Yeah, short story uh, Cliff notes. That was just, you know, novel. that was basically exactly what we're talking about here is setting up on scrapes. Yeah. Um, I think bucks are tending scrapes way more than any other time of the year in that mm-hmm. two-week window. Yeah, and I think in that time, it's really easy to identify, like, scrape lines. Because oh, yeah. any other time, like, before and after that, a lot of them fill in with leaves but like those that time period you have leaves falling and they're opening them up constantly and you can literally look through the woods and see scrape 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 you can see yeah. those hard lines that they travel you, and you it's can a lot find... easier to set up on those travel corridors and scrape lines when you can see them they're open all the time 
Yeah, I mean, and, if you can get a, a line of three, four, or five scrapes in a row, you know, mm-hmm. down a stretch, I'm telling you that is one of the best places to be yeah, in that time. I for sure agree. And here's how I like to do it. And the cool thing about well, I should, no, that's never mind. <laughs> Stupid, it's not cool at all. No, well, it, it, it'll work in some situations, but I'm just gonna pretend. I like can't you explain it without. Sounded visual stupid. Maybe we'll do a YouTube no, video without, on someday. Yeah. But, uh, Leave it in the comments if that's what you want. No, but I'll just dumb it down. So when I'm hunting a scrape, a lot of people, they'll get like right on the scrape. Yeah. I like to be about 30 yards downwind of the scrape. So the scent is blowing from the scrape to me. I'm like 30 yards behind it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times... Bucks don't have to go to the scrape to check it. They can walk 15 yards downwind of it and know exactly who was there. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to be at that 30-yard range because if they make their 15-yard loop around it, well, now they're at 15 yards. And even if they do go check it out, 30 yards is still doable with a bow, especially if they're nose down, smelling a scrape. scrape, They're not looking for you. Yeah, Yeah. but a lot of times, if you... You know, if you're one of those guys that gets 10 yards from the scrape, well, if he comes downwind of that scrape, he's going to be behind you. Yeah, and he's going to smell you before the scrape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is kind of like a case-by-case basis, and I don't know if that's what you were struggling with because, like, the buck that you got, it, it's tough to set up, Yeah, you know, 15, 30 yards behind it mm-hmm. based on where it's at. So it is a lot of it based on the location of the scrape line. Yeah. Um. But ideally, I'm the same way. If I if I'm if I find like a scrape line in hardwoods, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah. If I got scrapes that are on tree lines, I'm typically gonna sit on the tree line. Yeah. But that's just because of the location and mm-hmm. what I've seen most deer do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm usually like I said, I kind of go away from the fields that time of year. So when I do find those scrape lines, I'm not finding them on the field edges. I obviously do still find them on the field edges, but I like to get back into some different spots where I've had more experience and more, um, how do I want to say it? Uh, more encounters. I've observed, yeah, more, I've observed more deer. I've had more encounters on back in the woods than I have on those field edge scrapes. Not to say that they're not effective, but I know it's stupid. You ever hear somebody say, Oh, field edge scrapes or nighttime scrapes. Yeah, that's, that's the dumbest crap I ever stupid. heard in my life. I have I hear a lot of people say that. And that so is a really I've heard stupid that thing to say, and I don't agree with it at there's all. There's not a lot of things that I say people are like really dumb about, but that's one of those See, things. Like, that's, so I'm that's not a stupid thing to say. I wouldn't even say I'm middle ground. I am mostly with you guys on this, but um, sounds like you're about to say you're middle ground. No, uh, I way more prefer and will pay attention more to timber scrapes than yes. I will field oh, edges. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. So some, for someone to say, oh, you're wasting your time hunting a field edge scrape? No. No, yeah, I call BS on that. One of the biggest that. bucks I've ever seen was killed on a field edge scrape. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that it's, yeah. you know, not true, but what I, what I Pro- will put to it is that I put more clout in yeah, the woods. But Prior to my big nine, my tall nine up there in New York, my biggest buck was killed off a field edge. It was for two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Just heard the story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like you can't have a hunt like that and then tell me that 100% that yeah. deer will never use a scrape on a field edge day- in daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything 
you know, that people say about deer hunting that is 100%. No, nothing. Uh, but concrete. for some reason, people act like it. Yeah. People do act that way for sure. Uh, I think it, it depends on your property and yeah. the pressure. I don't, if, if you're on a highly pressured piece, I do believe that your chances of seeing daylight action on field edges mm-hmm. um, are going to be a little ha- harder to come by. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like football, you know, any given Sunday, yeah. you know, it, it can happen. Yeah, it's with deer hunting, everything is so case by case, tree by tree, property by property, everything comes into play. And you never know until you get out there and start learning it and doing it. And it'll even change throughout the day or the season. You know, it's yeah, you get always, boots on the ground. Yeah. My dad's uh, busted up eight. He killed in archery a couple of years ago. Um, was super tall, just had one mm. tine was busted right off. Um, he was no more than. 50 yards off the field mm-hmm. on a scrape line. Uh, and he shot that at seven 30 in the morning. But mm-hmm. that scrape line, if you know, it goes all the way up that trail to the field. Yeah. There's always a scrape right at the mouth of that field mm-hmm. and then down into the timber. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and then he killed it, that buck actively scent checking. And all that buck, dad didn't see it until it was, you know, down the trail. Mm-hmm. But no. Very good chance that it was in the field. Yeah, before had that. he been yeah. hunting the field edge, he probably still would have had a crack at it. Yeah. So yeah, and that was a four-year-old deer. Yeah, we had pictures back of three years mm-hmm. prior. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm not saying I disagree with what you guys are saying on it's um, bullshit. I just, yeah, I do. I will put more. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously concern. I'm the same way because I started this whole podcast yeah. by saying that I vacate that. So yeah, I definitely put more clout into those. Yeah, I'm not scrapes. going to walk past it and disregard it. Yeah. But um I will go to where I'm going instead of yeah. stopping there. Yeah, I'm not gonna stop everything for a scrape on a field edge. Yeah. I may stop on a hot scrape if I'm in the timber. Yes. Like, Especially close to bedding. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, you know, heading to a stand, and I've done this before, um, heading to a stand, find a very fresh scrape, and boom, I'm I'm getting in yeah. a tree. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's I've the story that. of the Biggest buck you know of killed on a field edge scrape? Uh, it was Andy Bouchak's. How big was it? One. It wasn't the biggest oh. buck I've ever. It's. A, I said one of. Oh. It, but it was in the mid one seventies. It was a really nice buck. Sheesh. Killed it with his bow. Sheesh. Yeah, it was this monster. Was he targeting that buck? Do you know? Did I have a I'm sure he was aware of it. He, yeah, he area. was for sure aware oh, yeah. of it. I don't know if he was only hunting that buck. That's enough but, for me to only hunt one. Right. It was giant. It was so cool looking. It had a it had points all over the place. It was really cool. It's not really like, you know, PA doesn't actually have you said that that was up in Maine that he <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was nowhere near PA. North Pole, not even close to here. It wasn't it wasn't even a United States white. It's <laughs> it actually on a ranch up in, in Africa. Pole. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'd be wild if, like, you know how, like, you can go down to Texas and go, like, on an Impala shoot, hunt? Yeah, shoot out. You could go, like, over to Africa and do, like, a whitetail hunt. Do an eastern turkey hunt <laughs> in Africa. That was way eastern. Yeah, that's way over there. Do they oh. have turkeys in Africa? They have I, ostriches. I, that's not a turkey. It's a big they bird. Roost in the trees. A, I don't, no, they don't They fly. are completely flightless, actually. They construct ladders. Or are they in Australia? I don't. I think I, you can get an ostrich in Africa. I, I'm sure there are some there. I don't know where they are native. I think Australia, but I'm. I, you can, gu- actually, I can almost guarantee there's some in Africa. You can do an ostrich hunt very reasonably. 
Really? Yeah, they're like, well, you still got to pay to get wherever get you're going. But I, they were how like do you, if you were to mount an ostrich, bucks. why would you want it for boots? Could you imagine the breasts on that thing? Her breasts? Like, you shoot a turkey and you get like Couple, four pounds of meat. Yeah. They're probably like 50 pound breasts. Uh, yeah, they, they do have some big breasts. Um, how would you, like, if you say. Shoulder mount. Where do you put the mount? shoulder? <laughs> right behind the wing. So I, have, I I think I have seen them like the wings are kind of fluffed up and you can see like the breasts and then the head comes up. And the up. beard. They don't have beards. Tom. I think you should do like one of them ones with its head in the ground. That's good. I idea. heard that's a myth. I heard they don't do that. You can do whatever you want with a mount. Yeah, I know that. But I heard you ever seen them squirrels holding a big old nutsack? Those are nice. That is nice. Tasteful. Yeah. Very tasteful. <laughs> I like the bears that are like holding a tray. Yeah, that's pretty sharp. I've never seen them like with their hand up, like you just motion. It's usually out in they're, front yeah, of you with you, a platter. Like, oh, I've it. seen them. Well, I've seen them both. Yeah. I've never, that'd be really cool. Anyway, mid-season bow hunting. <laughs> if you guys want any cool mount ideas, we got a bunch. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe that's why I don't typically kill at the end of October. I've only killed one buck in that time frame. Um, and yeah, but you've always said Halloween is like your favorite day to hunt. Yeah, because I, I killed my first archery buck on that day. Um, so no, it's just, it's more of a sentimental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I don't know why. It's, I feel like and it's I got to rename it's... a stand, or not rename, but get rid of a name for a stand for that one. Yeah. You could have renamed it. I could've. You could have gave it back its original name. Yeah. It's basically, short story long, uh, <laughs> my granddad had hunted this stand um, and was able to kill a buck and a doe out of it. So we it was named uh, Dead A Pair for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, then years later, I mean, th- th- that was back in probably the nineties, maybe mm-hmm. even the eighties, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in the early two thousands, uh, one of the largest deer we've ever had on camera was wounded out of that stand and it was renamed the great mistake. <laughs> so it was kind of like not a great name for a stand, you know? Yeah. And then, Probably, you know, five years after that, I had killed my first archery buck out of it. Uh, one, what, was, what did we call? Willy Wonka. Yeah, it was the Willy was Wonka. the one with the bacon hanging on. Yeah, we called him the Willy Wonka buck because on all the camera pictures, um, this was also way before how nice trail cameras are now. Mm-hmm. So it was just blurry, like not super clear. Um, so the Willy Wonka buck was a deep, dark chocolate, like, deeper than chocolate rack like it was was very dark and it looked like it had some junk and uh that's you know that was all we could see nobody had seen him on the hoof it was just trail camera pictures showed this almost black rack with Mm -hmm. junk and i put an arrow in him and i actually watched him fall you know he looped through and then i watched him crash maybe 60 yards away from me and i remember calling my dad and i was like hey you know i just shot the Willy wonka buck and he's like, hell yeah. He's like, I guess you're going to have to call the taxidermist because, like, it, you know, thought mm-hmm. it was a pretty good buck. And um, we get up to it, and the story comes full circle now. We realize that the reason the rack was so black was it never shed most of its velvet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it had cleaned up its tips and everything, but most of the velvet had stayed on the rack, and it 
dried and turned like black Mm -hmm. and the junk that was hanging off like looked like had a little drop tie and stuff like that was just dried velvet hanging off of it and i killed him on on halloween Mm -hmm. so it was just a weird yeah you you think he would have rubbed it off or fought it off at that point something yeah but i mean there's parts of his rack that look black oh yeah it's dark dark um yeah but that that's why that day has always Mm -hmm. you know been sentimental to me just because my first archery deer mm-hmm. which happened to be a buck was killed on halloween night mm-hmm. yeah, i think the latest i've ever killed was either my birthday or the 30 my birthday is the 26th or like the thir- it might have been the 30th it was right around there right at the end of october is like the latest i've killed with my bow i've killed rifle bucks later but yeah since then i don't think i've missed uh halloween in the stand it's a good day yeah i knew a guy I can't remember if it's a guy that I work with or a guy that I met when I was hunting one time. I, I, I can figure it out and ask the guy. But this guy, was he was either lying to me or it actually happened. Who knows? He killed a buck on Halloween. I think it was like 20 or 22 straight years. And he wasn't shooting monsters. You know, this was way back a long time ago before antler restrictions. And he claimed that he shot a buck on Halloween for like 20 years in a row. I was like, hmm. that is absolutely ridiculous. A Pennsylvania guy? Yeah, Pennsylvania. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't know. It would fall on a Sunday <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. Not buying it. Well, maybe Debunked. he went to New York if it was on a Sunday. but Or he doesn't care about laws. Yeah. They're also that. Good point, Tom. Myth busted. Myth busted. <laughs> Stamped. That's good stuff, Tom. For our out-of-state listeners, uh, until hunt. recently... Yeah. We couldn't hunt any Sunday. Now game commission's nice enough to give, give us a couple. One in archery, one in rifle. So they're just in the in the giving mood, I guess. Yeah, they better start giving some more. I, I would like all Sundays. Yeah, but it is kind of nice to have the day of rest in PA to go to New York. Yeah, because I, I I agree with that a little bit. Just but because most people, it's nice for me. Most people don't do that. Yeah, I, for us, it's really nice because I have I don't have to pick on Sundays. Yeah, I can just say I'm going to New York, mm-hmm. which makes for us we go to the cabin Saturday night, you know, have a few beers, talk about the hunt plan and everything, and hit it hard on Sunday. So yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank, I hope you keep um, your title is you know the mid season king. I'm sure I, um, I might steal your early season title. Who knows? Yeah, you're gonna have to kill a bigger buck than me early well, season. Well, that's then. gonna happen. So yeah, I, I will say that the one that you're after will be tough to beat. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's yeah. like a mid one teens. Just a... <laughs> it's a little bigger than that. Yeah, I guess on that note, we're not gonna give any more info. Yeah. Um, you'll see it. You'll hear about it. You'll hear about well, it. Well, you'll see it in the comments. Uh, on that note, um, if you guys haven't uh located a buck um i hope you do soon and best way to do that is make sure you're still getting outside